Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about the light of your innocence, you know, and that's something truly to think about because nobody really thinks about their innocence anymore when you're becoming adults. So, thankfully for me, I have Walker here who will be talking to us and sharing with us her perspective on this topic that truly needs to be think about. Think to be thought about. Thank you. I'm just all tongue-tied today. <laughs> I understand. Uh, <laughs> been there. Exactly. Right. We've all been there. We're just oh, the words just don't come out right. But that's right. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna make it through. So Walker, what exactly got you into finding your own light of your innocence? Well, there was a time um in my life where I had gone through a lot of trauma and I knew that there was something missing that I was so deeply connected to as a child that I needed to reconnect to, to heal and come out on the other side of it with that same lightness and joy and um, curiosity. Because often, as you know, uh, when we go through something traumatic in our lives or something, even it doesn't even have to be something really severely traumatic. It can be something that disappoints us because we have an expectation. And when that happens, it depending on the kind of person we are, how sensitive we are, how feeling oriented we are, how much we or thought, you know, how we how we manage our own being, that can escalate into much more than it needs to be. And so our innocence, because I mean, let me just digress for a second, because every experience is a moment in time. You know, no matter how horrible it is, it's a moment in time and it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And so when it keeps and when it stays with us, it's because we're carrying it with us. And the one thing our innocence does not do is lug around heavy weight. <laughs> innocence is all about purity. It's about freedom. Let's think about innocence as we are in its most richness and depth as a child. We just go through that. Children are innocence expressed. We come into the world with this. When you look at a baby, you see that light, that innocence, and it just makes you go, oh my God, it's so cute. Or she's so cute. Look at that. It's connecting that, that life force is connecting to that inside of you we suddenly become that light and the baby smiles. That's when a baby smiles at us because the baby's seeing us. When you see a baby, look at somebody and they're smiling at the baby's like, often the baby's trying to find the light because that person's trying to connect to theirs and they see it and the baby's going, where is it? And then eventually the baby will smile because that person is, you know, trying and connecting, wanting and wanting. And it's so funny. Babies are like, little barometers. So I think it's really in children in general are barometers for us. That's why I think it's so important to connect to that innocence within ourselves because it doesn't go away. Life just 
piles on to it. And the way we receive life, the way we process life is how much um, sort of a veneer or, or a, you know, a screen around our innocence we may get, but it never, ever goes away. It's endless. It's limitless. Yeah. yeah. I, you brought up a lot of good points. And one of the, the, the points that you brought up in the very beginning was it's, it's not only trauma, but it's our expectations that get disappointed. And when you said that, I was just like, you know what, that is true because we don't, we don't, we don't take that into into account. You know what I yeah. mean? We don't, we don't. And the fact is that we have a lot of expectations, you know what I mean? Humanity. I mean, people for other people, for their lives, for their families, for themselves. I mean, we have tons of expectations and we're constantly getting disappointed. And then it takes a trigger at our inner child and at our innocence. And as, as you were saying, and it was just making sense because it's like, you know what? Half of the time, we're hurt and we're sad not by our not by our past and our traumatic events because our, our mind has already repressed that we're disappointed at the moment like you said it's just the time it's the moment and that's what we're choosing because that's what we're focusing on and it's just so crazy because it's just like huh that is so true this is something that we do without even thinking about it because it's so in habit ingrained in us but it's like you said also about a child and how you, when you see them they get so happy out of nowhere and I have my sons and when they look at me and when I come back from the room to the room where they are they just just tons of joy and it gets me full of joy because all I need to do is just disappear for five minutes and come back and they just have me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because they see you in your truth. They see you. I mean, children don't have all that baggage. We don't have that. And we don't, we don't need to have it as adults. We need to remember, you know, we, we just simply have to make another choice. Like you said, we make the choice. One of my favorite quotes is um, next time you say he, she, or it made me, ask yourself, I made me, I made me say, I made me instead of he or she, like that guy just pulled out, pulled out in front of me and made me really mad. Wait a minute. I made me really mad because I responded, reacted, not responded to that guy pulling out in front of me in his car or her car. I made me well, my, you know, friend said this about me and it really upset me. No, <laughs> I chose to be upset because I took what my friend said about me personally. Not recognizing that when people say things about us, they're coming from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. They may not see us as we are they're having a response or reaction to us. And as kids, one of the things I'm sure you see with your sons, and this is one of the things I love about children and how, what great teachers they are. Two kids can be in in a classroom and be just, and our daughter was totally this as a kid. She was in elementary school. She had a friend that she was constantly at odds with. She just, and they're best friends now, but they were just like, the teachers were like, what the heck? These two. And they would be just 
mad at each other and taking attention to, with each other in class. And then the bell would ring and they were like, let's go play. And that's what kids do. They drop it that quick. That's innocence. They recognize that oppor- there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity in front of me. I can be upset or I can go play. What am I going to choose? A child is going to go play. A child is going to go imagine. A child is going to be curious, be courage. A child is go- going to be opportunistic. They're going to see an opportunity and go for it. And a child is going to be free because mm-hmm. that's their nature. So let's like, let's go into what play, what does play mean to a child? And as an adult, if we can connect to these elements, we can find that innocence within us. Ask ourselves, when do I play? And when I play, when do I feel that exploring nature in me? When do I feel the jubilation, the discovery, the spontaneity, the creativity, the laughter? As an adult, when we're adulting, we need to be also allowing that child inside of us to have an expression. Play, it doesn't only belong to the child. It belongs to all humanity. It's where innovation happens. It's where our truth lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Imagination is limitless optimism. It's creativity. Again, innovation right yes yes oh my goodness yes everything that you're saying is absolutely on point i absolutely believe it because i feel like it's not said enough you know what i mean it's truly not said enough people don't acknowledge that it just shows the importance of humanity you know everyone who's living and breathing and existing to remind themselves to look at your inner child, you know what I mean? To remember your innocence, to remember that joy. And one of the things that I've heard before is that, you know, anger and hatred and holding on grudges is what kills that. I mean, what is your opinion on that? Absolutely. It it doesn't kill it. It covers it because all of, you know, anger and pain, resentment, all those reactive mind emotions that don't give us a chance to respond. They only give us a chance to react are part of humanity. They're part of this life. We can't deny that we are in this binary experience where there's light, there's dark, where there's fun, there's, there's um, lethargy, uh, where there's wake, there's sleep. There's a balance. And although anger and, and hatred is not um, balancing out your joy and your laughter. It is a part of your expression spectrum. It's something that if you feel it, feel it. But I mean, don't deny that it's part of you. Feel it, but don't stay there because you have an opportunity to go somewhere else. Often we judge ourselves so harshly. I mean, I certainly, I mean, there was a time for me where I was so hard on myself. I spent so much time judging and correcting myself because of the shame and the guilt I felt about what I had lived through as a child. And when we go through those kinds of experiences, we have a tendency to be there almost like a micromanager on the inside and the outside. And when we're doing that with ourselves, whether or not we realize it, we're doing it with other people. 
Yes. Have you ever found yourself experiencing that where you're like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm doing this yeah. myself. Exactly. Like sometimes it takes me a moment, but then I realize like I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at that person. I'm mad at myself because I know better. You know what I mean? I I should have done this. I should have handled the situation better from the beginning. From as soon as I woke up, that's when everything trickled down. You know what I mean? To where I'm at now, I'm like, ah, but kind of avoided this. So yes, it makes perfect sense. I love the way that you're wording it though, because I feel that I had other guests, you know, we speak on trauma, we speak on, you know, evolving and things like that. And, you know, understanding where emotions are coming from, but you put it in such a way that makes it very understandable. Oh. And, you know, like you put it in a different way where you think about it differently, truly, because when I hear you speak, I think of you know, my past, my situations, my life, you know, my now and the way that I think is just, I, I think I'm thinking about it differently, you know, and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. So forgive me for me being silent and me having a straight face with it. That's my thinking face. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. I love that you're thinking about it. And, you know, when you said just now, when you said, um, when you recounted the moment where you were judging yourself and saying, well, I should have done this. I should have been, I should have from the moment I woke up. And in in my thinking and the way that I pursue those thoughts now, which I imagine you're probably doing too, is no, no, wait a minute. That's exactly the way I was meant to do it because there's a lesson here. I am not allowing myself the process of growth. Growth means falling down sometimes. Growth means tripping up in our own excellence sometimes. This Mm -hmm. is where we grow and we learn. And often, especially in the world that is around us, there's a, a an element of perfectionism instead of accepting the process of our growth. And yes. we as children do not care about perfectionism. We care about growth and exploration and discovery and, you know, and finding the truth of things. You know, a child can sit and look at a bug and just be amazed at a ladybug for an hour. Just look at that little creature and that creature can fly. I can't fly, but that tiny little thing can fly in, in an amazement. And when we do that with ourselves, we give ourselves that kind of attention and yes. be amazed with the fact that we're here and we're alive. And we have all these wonderful com- capacities to be in wonder of ourselves in our growth in those moments where we fall down and go, dang, wow, I thought that I had that one. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. right now, but that's okay. But guess what? The fact that I know it means I'm moving forward and I'm good exactly. with it. Exactly. And I love that you bring up lessons because it's something that people don't really acknowledge because I feel that there's a lesson in every season and every moment that, that you really can um, take you, you know, you could really absorb, I guess, to say in better words, because, you know, you don't realize that there's a lesson in the moment because you feel frustrated or you feel exerted. You know, you feel all these different emotions where you don't like to feel. But people don't realize you don't learn lessons in comfortability. You know what I mean? You don't learn lessons in happy times. You may enjoy moments, but there's no lesson to be learned because you feel like everything's okay. So when you need to learn those lessons, it's frustrating because it's like mm, stubbornness comes into part. You know, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, ah, 
I don't want to, but I need to. And it's, uh, what do you, what, in your mind, what do you think about when you hear those things, when you hear the phrase, you can't, um, you can't bend straight metal. You know what I mean? I don't know if you ever heard that before, but you can't bend straight metal. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Like a hard metal or cold metal or something like that. I've heard it before. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. So I'm sorry. No, but I just don't, I don't, um, I don't embrace can't. First of all, I don't embrace can't because um, in my life, uh, I just, if I want to do something, I will see a way to do it. I just do energy and metal is also energy. Everything is energy. It's energy in a form. And I believe that even metal, the hardest of metals is movable because it is within the earth and the earth moves it, shifting the tectonic plates. We are, and the earth is in the universe and we as a being are a universe. What we have inside of us, the energy that animates us, that makes us move around, that holds us to the ground in this world and this, in this amazing wonder that surrounds us is all energy. And when we connect to that, and again, that connects to our innocence, children come into the world knowing they're a part of all of it. The reason they go towards things that may harm them is because they don't see those perceptions yet. They don't see it as harmful. So we, as their protectors and stewards have to say, oh, you're in the world of our creation. <laughs> now, yeah. so this is a cliff, don't walk off, but a child will. That's a hot fire, don't touch. But a child will because they don't see that. So when you say hard metal, like if that's in relation to, uh, you know, expressing a person, a behavior, I'm also a firm believer in epigenetics being more powerful than genetics, than your biological genetics. And if, um, do you know what epigenetics are? Epigenetics are the genetics that are passed in our families. And there's a lot of studies around epigenetics now the behaviors of our family and our environment are much more powerful than the actual genes that we wow. have. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you're, you know, when you see a trait in a family, it may not be a genetic trait. It may be a behavioral trait that has been passed down that can be shifted because behavior can be shifted. Yeah, but it can become and feel like it's like a hard metal, but it's not. It can be transmuted into something that's more um, malleable. And I, I in my own life have experienced this in my family because I'm the chain breaker. I'm the person that did something different than the women in my family. And the epigenetics in my family are strong. I was raised by Vikings. <laughs> They're still Vikings. The only thing that's different about them is they're modern Vikings. They can't get away with pillaging, raiding. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> funny. Oh, my goodness. I love that. It's true. And it's like, okay, but I'm not that. And I, from a very young, uh, as a young child, knew there was something different. I knew that there was something different in my environment that I could pull on, and it was nature. So I put myself into nature. That's where I saw innocence. It's where my innocence felt embraced. 
um, and acknowledged and reciprocated. So that, that's where I, that's where I built my resilience to the epigenetics around me, the behaviors and made different choices when others didn't make those choices. I just knew I had a choice. I'm not saying that I didn't go down certain paths for periods of my life. I did because it was an impression in my, in my life. And, and it's, it's powerful. It's a powerful thing to be a child in the midst of giants impressing upon you what their story is, what their belief structures are, what they see. So one of my gifts was that in the midst of the chaos of my life as a child, I had freedom because there was a lot of drinking and there weren't people around to, I was, I was just gone during the day. I was allowed to just disappear because they don't want to be around the kids. So I went out into nature and nature gave, it filled me with this awareness that an exploration, all those, the play, the imagination, the curiosity, the courage, the opportunity, the freedom was all there. And so I was constantly infusing myself with that. And so when I, when I uh, speak to people who feel that they feel, especially after the pandemic, confined, contracted, not connected to their expansion and their innocence, which is also expansion. Innocence is expansion and truth. Um, when they feel, I, I always advise, go into nature and ask yourself several questions. When was the last time I played? When was the last time I explored? When was the last time I was curious? Can I be those things now? And look at nature surrounding you and find whatever it may be. It could be a blade of grass. It could be a tree. It could be a bug. It could be a leaf. Look at it closely. See how you're part of it and the similarity. Allow yourself to join in that unlimited, infinite expansion that you're a part of and smile big and let it seep into your whole body. You'll tingle, you'll feel the goosebumps and remember that's your innocence. That's what you're part of. And that is where you expand. Find that place. It could be in your mind and it could be in nature. Sometimes it takes that one trip into nature or that one trip to that place so that when you are in a place that makes you feel contracted, that you can just close your eyes, go there for a few seconds and go, that's what I'm part of. I'm part of that. This is temporary right now. This feeling that's making me, this experience, this is temporary. That's endless and infinite. And that's me. Yes, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not thinking by the end of this show, I swear, I don't know what you're doing because goodness gracious, Walker, you truly gave us a lot to think about. You put it in a perspective that truly is amazing. And I love the fact that you said that you're you're the woman in your family is our Vikings and it was, it did take a while because, you know, you talked about that. I did. It did make me realize, like, it, 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 it's happening in a lot of families, but they just don't acknowledge it by those names, you know, by that label. And and once we realize, like, 
it is what it is, but you can break it and you can make that change. It just takes that baby step. One step leads to another and then to another. And before you know it, you're, you're changing and changing and changing. And before you know it, that family or somebody that you knew of your past, they're not going to recognize who you are anymore because you've evolved. And I love how you said that innocence is expansion because we don't see it as expansion. We see it as something small and and stuck and tiny, like a little just a little pebble or something but in reality it's more than that you know it's truly more than that and to give it a type of example i feel like it's a cloud you know you can see it small but then it expands into something amazing you know i'm beautiful i'm big and enormous you know and and it and it just takes that that moment to to have that reflection you know and i think i think more people are now accepting that that walk of questioning their thoughts and questioning their environment and questioning the generational habits and traditions and and it's beautiful because we need to recognize what we want to keep and what we don't you know what i mean what works for our souls and makes us feel happy and at peace and what no longer does you know, we need to stop with tradition just because it was done. No more just because. We no longer like just because. We want answers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you're not meant to fit into everything that was. Exactly. Children exactly. don't want to fit into everything that was. We go through that period as teenagers. We want to fit in. And I, I think that perhaps maybe that period is to build our resilience um, to remember, you know, to build our resilience and hold on to the fact that we aren't intended to fit in or intended to be a part of yes. to recognize or a part of the fitting in is a limiting limiting perspective if you think about it. i want to fit in what are you fitting into a box or a shape how about yeah. being a part of because when you're a part of humanity like you said when you're a part of you don't just allow there to be one answer you know yeah. that it's a creative experience we are evolving it's expansion and let's do something new let's put let's create an environment for our children to create within not yeah. you know be confined within Let's exactly. create within and keep this magic flowing. <laughs> exactly. Let it flow. Right? <laughs> Let it flow. <laughs> All Oh, my goodness. I could keep talking to you for hours. I swear. This has been such a good time, Walker. Oh, my goodness. I feel very honored to have you on my show. But to fully wrap it up, I, I know you already gave us some really great things to think about, believe me. But what could be some lasting words to leave my audience off with so that they can truly think about this in a different perspective? Remember that as a child, you trusted. Trust is one of your most valuable gifts you can give yourself. The trust of who you are and your uniqueness is why you're here. The world needs you as you came in, as you naturally are. What is pure? is free from internal constraints and confinements. So allow the resilience of your truth to be free in your innocence. Give that gift to yourself. You know what it means to you. We all know what it means to us. We do, it's in us. It's that universal, infinite expression that belongs only to you. So seek it and express it because I can't wait to meet you. <laughs>
<laughs> and to feel that uniqueness and that truth in the world around me, because that's what's going to make this place an amazing, amazing, amazing wonder for our children. Yes. Oh, thank you. Perfect words, just like sprinkles on top and pew, a little dash of a cherry right there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Walker. And if anybody in my audience wants to know more about Walker or just wants to reach out because you just liked her perspective and what she has to say and you're just curious to know more, you know, reach out to her. I have her lovely website on my website. Just click on her picture, just right there, and it'll go directly to her, you know. So always, always, always keep thinking. Thank you again for being on my show. Be safe, y'all. Bye.